Welcome to another episode of Base News Network. I am Punk Revolution Now, here with Sophie, aka Joan of Arca. Say hi, Sophie. Hi. Hello. Uh, we are doing this. Is we're actually going to be recording this episode both with the audio, as you would expect, but also we're doing a video. Um, I guess we'll probably put it on YouTube or something. We'll figure it out later. So just find it on YouTube or Instagram or whatever. But regardless. Thank you for joining us. We have an episode packed with various thingies. Sophie, how about we start the episode talking about the Bass Pro Shop Alabama incident? So a man in his 40s in Alabama, in Leeds, Alabama, was naked. He jumped into the fish tank of a Bass Pro Shop. Apparently... That's a thing I didn't know about. I know that Bass Pro Shop is known for its dioramas, but I didn't know about any fish tanks. Anyway, it's quite deep. He jumped into the fish tank naked, started yelling and being crazy in there. The police came, I think because, you know, he already crashed right into the building or a pillar. I think he crashed into a pillar before he went into the water. He he drove his, he crashed his car into the... His family was in it too. Oh. Yeah, apparently. He crashed his car into the building, into something. He crashed his car into something. It doesn't matter what. The point is he got out of the car, was completely naked, and then jumped into the the, the tank, the fish tank slash aquarium of the Bass Pro Shop. And the, the cops came. He got out of the water and like started yelling at them, then dived in again, and then he somehow jumped or fell, <laughs> jumped or fell out of the... Uh, aquarium onto the floor um where he became unconscious because it's quite a drop and i'm honestly surprised he didn't have more serious injuries could that not have killed him that is a long well it was a long drop but the but he like landed directly on his head right it looks like it did i mean he went unconscious kind of on his like head and face like bot like face down almost Mm. yeah yeah so like what how did that not I mean, I don't think I don't think falling because it looked like what like a twelve foot drop. Yes, but you can you can fall from like. Can you die from falling twelve feet? Probably. Probably, if you hit your yeah, head right. Yeah, you hit I your mean, head people, right. People fall. Yeah. Now just that I think about it, on the floor. my friend fell while skateboarding and he almost died. So if you can fall from literally off your own feet, then. I just think that would. I'm just surprised he wasn't more injured. Maybe he was, and we didn't see. But his mugshot came out. They escorted him out. At first, he was like unconscious. They tried to handcuff him, and then he woke up and started flailing around. And it was quite a struggle to actually get him handcuffed. And um, they had to like drag him out. Um, so pretty crazy scene. And um, yeah. so what? So, and this went viral. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because that's that's why we're talking about him. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because this this took place in Alabama, and let's least be real, of, least eventful day in let's Alabama. Be, yeah, that's exactly right. Like, it's it wouldn't. I mean, yeah. So it's it sounds like from the police reports, he was on drugs. I think he had some. His family says he has some serious mental health issues. Clearly, the man is not well, which makes me like feel a little bit bad about. It going viral. I mean, how could okay, first of all, though, how could it not go viral? You know what I mean? That's something that you can't just ignore. It's going to be talked about. But I do. F- I don't know. I, 
I feel sympathy for of people course. with like serious mental illness. Of course. Like, like this is something that when, when people are suffering from serious mental health issues, especially those that are, um, that include like hallucinations and, uh, um, psychotic, um, episodes, stuff like that. This stuff, this stuff definitely happens a lot. And I guess now, now that everyone has phones, they can just record, like record these moments and then broadcast them on social media. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. It happens a lot. Yeah. And, and I don't want to be completely on my high horse about this because I, I, I admit that I've, I found the video to be like entertaining. I, I, the story is just outrageous. So it is kind of like mildly entertaining to be like, Oh wow, that's crazy. You know what I mean? But I do feel a little bad about it. Just, it's just something that like is not meant to be seen. You know I, what I mean, yeah, I feel, and cause it always goes viral and of course it's going to go viral, but I think like it's okay to like, you know, things are yeah. going to go viral. It's not like, Oh my God, you should feel ashamed of yourself no, for being no. entertained by this objectively outrageous clip. But I think you can tell from the way people like comment and share on it that like the understanding of mental and it's not just this specific video it's like so many videos of someone who's yeah. clearly having a psychotic episode going viral and everyone's in the comments like omg this 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 karen is so crazy or whatever yeah, this you know what yeah. i mean like shameful and i well and i've heard yeah. my, i've heard a friend of mine say that rain fisher kwan has talked about this like a couple years ago I don't remember when she was talking about it, but she was basically saying that, you know, people these days talk about, like, talk about supporting mental health, but then when people who are dealing with mental health issues do not adhere to socially acceptable, like, ideas of, like, polite behavior. Like jumping in a pool Yes, naked. exactly. When, when this stuff happens, we are um, reluctant to to give grace and understanding to these people because um the way that like their mental illness is expressed is not something that we can easily maybe even relate to you know what i mean if we don't have those um specific uh types of of mental issues you know what i mean yeah mental illness is not like a a sanitary like easy thing it it comes out in very ugly ways i think is her point and yeah we gotta recognize that but of course oh sorry yeah, and to be fair, even though it's kind of entertaining, like we actually don't want people doing this. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we don't want people jumping naked into these pools. Right. Even though it's kind of funny. Because we want people to get treated before they get to that point. Yes, indeed. So I mean and I do wanna say though, something I did enjoy about this is the image of him lying down on the ground I thought was like strangely beautiful. Like a painting. That's messed up. Okay. I mean, <laughs> if there's anything positive out of it, it's like, it's just, it's a really beautiful image. That is disturbing. If it were painted, if it weren't real, maybe if it weren't actually real, I don't know. I found, I found the photo to be, the image to be compelling is what I mean. Okay. That's fair. It's, it, yeah, no, it's a visually, stu- it was yeah. a very visually stun- stunning thing, but I didn't like seeing it though. Cause I don't like seeing naked people on social media. <laughs> True. I'm tired of seeing penis. Every single day I go on the internet, I see a penis. And we're going to talk more about that this being in a later video. episode. <laughs> this is a big, big, 
big thing we talk about lately. Yeah. Every every day I open up my Twitter and I see a penis. And there, there's a lot of I call, nudity. I call Sophie. Days. I'm screaming and crying saying it happened again. There's a lot of nudity right now in on social media probably because X has just gone off the rails. And also I think movies are trying so hard to push the boundaries these days. It's It's getting into cringe territory but why are they not showing vagina they did in poor things which we will be talking we're gonna be talking about, about vaginas well we're um, gonna be talking about poor th- things later. they actually have kind of been showing that in in the past but but not maybe they should extent. just show none of it i'm not a prude but they should show none of it <laughs> no i'm not a prude either it just it it feels kind Sophie, of dumb name one penis you have seen in a movie that you felt happy to see um, the, ba- the Bass Pro Shops was a stimulating visual not experience. That, not that one. You couldn't really see it. Well, I was going to say, with the, the Bass Pro Shop guy, it's good that people... It's really awesome when people with mental illness who aren't getting the help they need do this instead of, like, shoot a bunch of people. That's true, because this is... This is a step in the right direction. Pretty innocu- inno- yeah. God. We're, we're, it's pretty innocuous compared to some things that could happen, of course. No one like, got hurt at this. No one got hurt Besides except the man and his the, family. And also his, the children. And the if children there, If there saw. are children who had to see that, the trauma of seeing that probably is not great. But, but um, if they watch freaking a movie nowadays, they're going to see the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so another Joe Biden win. Yeah. Like I said, this is an average day in alabama this thing could only happen in either alabama or brazil or florida or florida they're in florida someone would have gotten hurt so thank you alabama for existing people might make fun of alabama as a state but despite the fact that they are a fascist (laughs) state we still love you a little bit yeah so hopefully this man has been charged with a lot of things. Hopefully, he gets the help he needs. Oh, you, you, you sweet, sweet summer child. She's not. He, he's not getting any help. What if he's actually a really bad person? He, that's possible too. I just, I don't know. I hope we have a, we have big hearts. Yeah, I guess. So, so we see someone like suffering, and we feel bad for them. True. It's yeah. True. No, it's seriously. Just like I, I do hope. I mean, who knows what kind of person this this person is? We don't know, but I hope that the, the, this person clearly needs some uh, mental health treatment. I don't think Alabama knows what mental health is. Good point. I wonder what percentage of crimes or arrests or whatever you want to call it fall under the category of person with like severe mental health issue having a breakdown mm. and they that crime wouldn't have been committed if they just had enough zoloft in their system and therapy wow because well because i know yeah. this this is a big question is like how do we stop because a lot of times when people go to prison and then they're released they usually end up back in prison yeah and it's like how do we how do we like get them to stop going back to prison and it's like one thing that's like a lot of people study is like can we help can we help them get jobs can it get can we help them get training or whatever so they maybe can leave prison and then get into the workforce and maybe they'll that'll prevent them from committing more crime and then going back to prison or whatever and there's not very much success there's not very many successful stories 
in terms of like these programs working and stopping people, there's a word for rescind, rescinding, whatever. They're stopping them from going back to prison. Like a like a like a cycle type situation. There, there's a word for when you go oh, to prison and reoffender, reoffending. Yeah, that works. I've heard that a lot. Okay, reoffending. So the one thing that has that there is actual research that shows helps is when the people who enter prison enter a program of getting cognitive behavioral therapy because then they can actually work on techniques and stuff like that to help them when they when they encounter challenges in their life to mentally be able to address those problems in in healthier more productive ways so they're not like just in a constant messed up cycle so that's actually really good it's a, I mean, it's it's a really good sign that like at least something is working, and when people talk about like, oh, America has a mental health problem, and that's why there's so much crime in America, like it's not entirely bullcrap. Like there seems to be something true to that. So obviously, hiring a bunch of therapists for prisoners is like probably like extremely, you know, we need like millions of therapists to do that, and I don't even know if that's practical, but it's probably cheaper than like just perpetually having people imprisoned millions of people in prison and then having them leave and then commit more crime and all that stuff so just something to think about somehow we turned this bass pro shop story into something good uh, something good a little more universal. i like it it's a crazy story speaking of universal you know what else is universal what the the desire to to dig tunnels every boy Wants to dig a tunnel. I hey, dug. Hey, don't ignore the girls. We like tunnels too. What ratio of teenagers from boy to girl play Minecraft? It's probably... Oh, okay. A lot of girls play Minecraft. First of all, okay. Have you ever heard of a secret passageway? That's the girl version of a tunnel. Oh, girls have secret passageways. Yeah. They have chamber of secrets. Yes. They have the chambers of secrets. So every every teenager. Loves tunnels Correct. or secrets or chambers or mm, passageways. Secret passageways. Like, oh, like Bridge to Terabithia or Coraline. Yeah, yeah, like secret rooms, secret passageways, secret do- the 13 steps, all that kind of stuff. I would like to formally apologize to the audience for making it about boys when clearly it's about every teenager. But this story does involve mostly men. It does. Uh, what, 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 what is this, this, so there's, um, so we're talking about the tunnels that were uncovered, um, a dispute about tunnels in the Chabad headquarters and the world headquarters of the Chabad movement in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. Um, And this is like a community of Hasidic Jews. Yes. And they have a headquarters in Crown Heights. Mm -hmm. And what, what, so this headquarters, is it? I don't know, this Chabad headquarters. Uh-huh. It had a synagogue. A synagogue. Um, and there was a dispute. Yes, there was a dispute. Um, so apparently, according to a Chabad spokesperson, there was a um, a, a group of uh, yeshiva students who they labeled as extremists, who were maybe particularly... I think they were punks. I don't think they're extremists. I think they're punks. I mean, I don't know. We, we d- <laughs> they were digging tunnels without the law's permission. They were obviously punk rock. Yeah, I suppose so. Look, they, look. according to this article I have, there's a, Sophie and I have been reading a bunch of articles and there's conflicting things. According to this article, they were digging because they wanted to get to a subterranean 
mikvah, which is a ritual bath. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I don't know if they if this actually exists. If some, if there was a rumor that there was a mikvah, or if they knew there was one, so they wanted to dig a tunnel all the way to the ritual bath because they wanted to get closer to the spiritual because they were so spiritual. There was like some. I think there's a rabbi that they like really looked up to as like a spiritual leader and apparently he used that mikvah or something like that that's that's what i've been seeing some places but we don't really know why this tunnel was made so we can't i mean we can't really make any judgment on the tunnels itself although like the habad um like organizations like not happy about it obviously Okay, yeah, okay, so we should probably hedge a little bit here. There's a chance that maybe once we get more information, maybe this tunnel is used for something, like, really awful. But I think the chances of that are very low, and I think it's much it's more likely— It's probably innocuous and innocent, like— Teenagers love digging tunnels. They do. And they love breaking the rules. This I mean, is... it's I mean, it's not, like, ideal for, like, to mess up the synagogue or whatever, but, I mean— uh, yeah, it, it seems like a thing that like some like particularly zealous like teenage boys would do. Um, yeah. But a lot of right wing people online and like conspiracy theorists have been um, taking the opportunity to um, create really ludicrous stories about what the tunnels are used for getting into blood libel. They claimed they that there were bloody mattresses in the tunnels, which is not true. Um, just like getting into the classic anti-Semitic stuff. Don't be anti-Semitic. Human you trafficking. Idiots. Yeah. So there's a lot of that on Twitter. Um, but See, the reason is... they were, oh, I just was, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say the reason that the police were there, um, is because I think I think the police came to to close up the, the tunnels, tunnels yeah. and there were some students who were like trying to prevent that and that's what happened that's how they were arrested it was literally the most punk thing i've ever seen because the leaders of the whatever you call it i guess the synagogue the leaders of the community wanted to close the tunnels because it was breaking the rules yeah so they the, called the police to they were conc- not happy about to, blo- it. to put the they called the police they wanted to fill the tunnels with concrete which would have been you know the right thing to do but then you have a bunch of punk rock Hasidic Jews saying no, saying no to the bureaucracy and saying no to the law and saying we are going to dig our tunnels. So obviously I support the tunnels for now until we find out more news that might change my mind. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, one thing that was funny was that apparently they found out about these tunnels because like people were hearing like they were talking in their house or like their apartments oh in the walls yeah, yeah. i heard that too that's so, crazy so they were clearly like really digging far if they're i getting... think they started during the pandemic like it's been a, a multiple year operation it makes me really sad that when people see this story some idiots jump to anti-semitic mm-hmm. conspiracy theories instead of the obvious most likely explanation which is just which is that we all love tunnels yeah, and that, like, boys will be doing stuff like this. Oh, boys. Just kidding. I mean... It was boys in this specific situation. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I We don't really know anything about it, but... I mean... Yeah, it just seems like teenage boys doing crazy stuff, but I, I do want to, like, be cautious because 
I don't know, like some members of the community like might view this as like being disrespectful or upsetting. You know what I mean? The tunnels? Yeah. Because it's disrespecting like their religion. Religious. And, yeah. And they're like synagogue. Yeah. No. Well, obviously. Yeah, for sure. There's this is I, th- I would say this is like an internal dispute. I have zero clue about. I'm sure there's Hasidic Jews who think it's pretty badass, and I'm sure there's Hasidic Jews that find it really disrespectful. I obviously don't mean any disrespect. I'm just saying I think tunnels are pretty cool, and I think getting into a big fight with the yeah, police I mean, is I, pretty cool. I have to agree with the tunnel. Like I, Anytime that the, like, a secret tunnel is discovered, it really piques my interest, and I get excited yeah. about the tunnel. So I'm, in- I'm fascinated by the story just by the fact that there were like a there was a tunnel yeah like that's that's just i don't know if there's a tunnel found anywhere i'm like okay what's going on here like i want to go in the tunnel and i hate to say it but i think you know i hate to say it but i think another reason why this story is so explosive right now is because it seems like the demand for anti-semitic conspiracy theories right now is a little bit higher than usual to say the least that's true and i mean maybe members of the habad or or, or like habad leadership are upset too because this is only just fueling anti-semitism yeah you know what i mean yeah because they they put out a statement like talking about their disappointment and stuff like that and like Hmm. about the synagogue being like vandalized and stuff like that so they're they're not happy about it yeah, you know, I hate to say it, this is not going to sound punk, but if I were, you know, someone who actually had, you know, was actually a part of this community and attended the synagogue and participated, I probably would not be happy about the tunnels too. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, yeah, it's just it's just a crazy story. It's crazy. Know? It's a crazy story, just like the Bass Pro but, Shop. You know, I, I, I think, you know, the, the anti-Semitism stuff really upsets me because like I'm because sh- I just know, like I just remember my old middle school, like or at every freaking school, mm-hmm. you know, when there's like always like vandalism, there's yeah. always like, oh, we we found like a hole in the bathroom wall. Let's right. just like gradually break it apart for yeah, years. Yeah, I feel like that's like a, like a very innocent, like kind of a ch- like youthful mm-hmm. fascination that transcends like communities you know what i mean yeah so like we don't know but like to me well obviously that anti-semitic stuff is bullshit but second of all i, I think it was a pretty like innocent thing probably yeah probably but, yeah. but it but it doesn't negate the fact that it you know kind of messed some stuff up in the community so mm-hmm. we'll see hmm. what happens yeah, I mean, it just sounds so, like, I could just imagine, like, because it seems like the people who are doing this were on the younger side. You they were I mean? with between the ages of 19 and 21. That's young. Yeah. So, I just feel like I could so easily just imagine, like, a rumor going around, like, yo, there's, like, a like a sacred, like, bath that we have to dig to. Like, yo, we got to, like, just chip away at this tunnel a little bit. Like, that sounds, like, it just captures your imagination. It sounds so fun. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So stop with the anti-Semitism and assume good intentions. True. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. The the mikvah thing is interesting because it's not like, 
that's like a a common thing you know so but i think it's special because like it was used by um uh some specific like religious leader that they really admired and that like that was why um yeah i'm interested to see if it is even you know like real well i haven't seen reports of it in in, in um every i only saw the one that you sent me i saw yeah. it in that one so so who knows maybe it's just literally just they got they just captured their imagination like i i saw things that they're trying to expand the synagogue but i mean why there's because it's fun there's something going we Some, don't know. we'll see well something interesting and fun is going on and yeah. honestly one of the most punk stories i've seen all year <laughs> okay because we'll be okay there's there's cool videos of them fighting the cops That's it all I'm is saying. it is cool <laughs> All right, so all right. good conversation about some epic tunnels. Now we're going to talk about another epic New Yorker. Oh. Because the tunnel story took place in Brooklyn. In Crown Heights, right. Yeah. Well, the honorary New Yorker, Gypsy Rose Blanchard, um, we have some updates on her since her uh, departure from prison. Um, she has been doing press in New York City. She went to Times Square where she shared some selfies and videos. And um, yeah, she's just been she's been everywhere and doing everything, talking about she saw a Broadway show. Um, I think she saw. Yeah, she saw Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Why didn't anyone tell? Why didn't anyone warn her about seeing Harry Potter? I don't think she's had, she's definitely not aware of the the discourse, but she I'm sure she soon will. She be. will soon. Yeah, um, there's a lot of things you miss in prison. Yeah. Anyway, so she's of course been dominating the news. I think people have calmed down about like her becoming famous thing. Like I think people have chilled out about that. But yeah, she's been doing tons of press, posting on Instagram like. All the all time. All the time, which, I mean, I'm enjoying Shout it. out to Ryan. Ryan's just always there. Her husband's just always there supporting her. Ryan's got a fire D. Yeah. Oh. So, t- so Sophie, I don't know what that means. So, explain to me what happened. All right. So, I, I don't have this pulled up. I actually, I do want right. to pull it up. You pull it up. I'll, I'll fill the microphone space with my own nonsense. So, let's talk about how fly Ryan looks in his epic glasses. He looks exactly like Peter Griffin, and there's there's no reason to deny it. And also, people say it's offensive for me to compare him to Peter Griffin, and I say, what's offensive about it? Literally nothing. Peter Griffin is an icon, and so is Ryan, as far as we know, as far as we can tell. Yeah. All right, so Gypsy Rose Blanchard commented on a selfie of her husband um, saying... Ryan, don't listen to the haters. I love you and you love me. We do not owe anyone anything. Our family is who matters. If you get likes and good comments, great. If you get hate, then whatever, because they don't matter. I love you. Besides, they jealous because you are rocking my world every night. Yeah, I said it. The D is fire. Happy wife, happy life. Um, clearly, she has not been versed in social media <laughs> she's been she's still learning she's still learning um i mean good for her i guess <laughs> maybe a little too much information but um maybe something that could have been said in person or in a text message to her husband because that it's, is her husband but 
it is it's kind of cute it's cute it's cute like, it's like they're defending each other you know yeah it's like those high school couples who were like oversharing on social media and being like really mm. lovey-dovey on social media you know to yeah. like an uncomfortable extent that's what, like who puts like it's been 685 days with you and like you mm. know what i mean like those people oh, are like and yeah. they put like the date that they got together in their bio and then like they yeah have, well ryan's bio on instagram is literally like yeah like, gypsy rose love of my life yeah whatever. like it, it's like and it, 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 I don't know about him, but it seems like Gypsy Rose Blanchard has, well, first of all, she didn't really have a childhood. Mm. And then she spent eight years of her life. Um, she was already an adult. When, she was an adult when she went to prison. I mean, she was, her. She she also spent her life thinking she was younger than she actually was because her mother, like, changed her birth certificate to make mm. it seem like she was, like, several years younger than she actually was. So... She didn't know her real age. She spent eight years in prison into her thirties in prison. And, you know, during this time, she had Facebook when she was, um, in the, right before she went to prison like, or she was on there. But, um, you know, that's kind of where her knowledge of social media stopped. Mm. You know what I mean? So like, she hasn't been, on she's learning, lot. she's learning. She's not aware of like the, the customs I, and I have like a conduct, things. but yeah. Okay, so I I really hate to say it and be that guy. I really do. But don't you think it's a little bit possible that maybe, you know, marrying someone who you've really only communicated through to through prison like letters and stuff like that? And then you come out of prison and your life is like radically different than it ever was. Yeah. Maybe it's like not like, I hate to be that guy. I mean, it's so mean, but maybe it's like not the best move. You know what I mean? No, I mean, that that is what people have been saying. I think that's why she made that comment. Yeah. Um, She's saying screw the haters because the yeah, D is fire. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. None of us actually know what the relationship is like. I mean, they've been communicating for multiple years and through prison any prison relationship is probably ex difficult to maintain and develop for obvious reasons and mm. um you're right like she is released from prison and then is immediately made a celebrity um and i'm sure that could put a strain on on any relationship especially one where this is like the first time you guys have been like together together in person you know mm. so it's probably quite challenging and uh i'm sure this like i know we were kind of critical of people like, being overly annoying about her of uh, people talking about her on social media and like treating her like she's famous but i'm sure like if she's not careful or people aren't careful harm could be done i will say you know this is the thing that's kind of surprising to me is that you know I feel like Gypsy's release from prison is like is actually living up to and exceeding the hype, because yeah. because she because because everybody was excited about it, but it, it could have just been like a like a fun thing everyone talks about mm -hmm. for a day where she's released and that's fun. But no, she is actually genuinely a very entertaining media figure. She is. It's so because she's such an interesting person. Because you're right, she like her maturity is like somewhat stunted. You can tell yeah. like she's she's adult in many ways, but. I'm sure like her pop culture knowledge and like social media knowledge must be like super stunted. And and also too she has a little bit of like like she 
it's you know it's not like she lived in a bubble when she was in prison like she made friends in prison yeah. she picked up like prison lingo and body language and like she picked like she is someone who's also deeply shaped by like going to prison and all like in a, yeah. in, a, in a serious way too so it's not like she's like completely just eight years disappeared from her life you no, know no you're right it's just i mean being in prison is a very unique experience that well, she Be- says she f- felt more free in prison, which being makes sense. in prison is unique. Her her childhood is obviously very unique, and her her life outside of prison is obviously very unique. Right. So it's to me, it's a kind of like amazing that despite all these weird things, like whenever she's posting on social media, it's stuff that's actually juicy and entertaining and funny, and I'm yeah. enjoying it. I think she's definitely gotten some media training. She knows what she's doing. Like I think people are helping her with that. Good. I think that's good because yeah. I mean, as a, a person of her caliber and with, you know, being kind of isolated, like that is probably a good thing for her to have. Um, but she's doing all this press primarily to promote her new docuseries coming out for a lifetime. Um, the, the Prison Confessions of Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Um, and she's also releasing, I think it's an ebook. It might be a physical book too about it. Um, Conversations on the Eve of Freedom. I kind of want to watch it. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what is going to be said. I'm interested for sure. I mean, obviously the story of her abuse is very, that's what is talked about a lot, but I guess it will be interesting to, to hear from her about like what it was like in the aftermath and like how she's moving on. If she wants to be an advocate again, like for mental health and Munchausen mm-hmm. by proxy and stuff like that. I, I I feel like there's a part of me, and I'm sure you and like a lot of people watching, who are really rooting for her. You know, yeah. Like they want her to just be as happy and successful after prison as possible, and because you know, obviously because of what she went through, and you want people to just be, be, you want good things to happen in life, right? And I think the first impression with her out of prison is like it looks like she's having a lot of fun. And, yeah. you know and you, it feels like it just feels like a, it's like a almost like a wholesome feel-good story in a really weird way like mm-hmm. this part the post and we'll see how long it lasts yeah hopefully forever well i i hope she can she's able to make a difference you know like you know what i mean like like she what she wants to do is to um help victims and people who are suffering from munchausen's by proxy and help victims of munchausen by proxy so i hope that like she's able to to really get into ad, like the advocacy work that she says she wants to be doing i hope she, do you, i hope she moves to brooklyn oh my god well people are making jokes about her being in like the heaven by mark jacobs campaigns oh. before bef- way before she was uh, released well now it's time now to it's do time it. and like met gala i feel like she'll be there like i, I want her to have those my, maybe just for my own selfish desires to see that I want to see Ryan walking down the street in like Ekaus Lada and like wearing like a like a, a a cowboy hat. Oh my! They moved to Bushwick. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's hooked up with some tabbies. Yes. And um, she's wearing like Rick Owens. <laughs> she's like, yeah. I started a nonprofit to help abuse victims, and I started a poetry collective. Where yeah, about- we get together and write poetry. Yeah, and uh, it's a, also a gallery and art space collaborative yeah. complex collective. Um, yeah, we we meet at Ryan's Cafe every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
We we have like CBD diffuser. Ryan's definitely doing CBD. <laughs> Ryan is doing a you lot know, of CBD. He does not play about CBD. Ryan does not play. I still am not convinced it works, but maybe it does. That's a good question. All right. And you know, we we we're gonna we also we're gonna as our final topic we're gonna review the movie Poor Things. But before mm-hmm. we do, is there any other things on Gypsy Rose that you want to chat about? Hmm. Not particularly. I don't. I think like the main updates here is she's doing a lot of press. Her thing is coming out. Her her docu series, and yeah, she continues to dominate pop culture. Is it sad that I have like New York City pride that she chose to come here? Yeah, I mean it was Times Square that like Times Square is awesome. Times Square is awesome. I was just there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy. I mean, I feel like, I mean, mind you, like she did do some tra- like traveling when she was uh, under the care of her mother, like through like um, Make a Wish Foundation and all of these like like donations and like trips and stuff that her mother got for her and well them for her for mother got for herself let's be honest but anyway um like she's been around but this is probably her first time like really traveling and experience like being a tourist on her own on her own terms as a free person and the d is fire and the d is fire i mean all i can say is good for her she's kind of living the dream now yeah like what else do you need Fire D, check. Famous, check. Times Square. Times Square, check. Then, boom. Lifetime series. Check. Check. All right. All right. Poor things. Review. Poor things. So, Sophie, what is Poor Things? Poor Things is a film by a director. He's a Greek. Who's Greek? I have trouble pronouncing his name. It's I think it's Yorgos Lafrik. Did it come out in twenty twenty three? Um, I think so. Maybe it, it just it came out very recently. All right, we're yeah, on... technically twenty twenty three, but it's a new film. It's still in theaters. It is a film from Yorgos Lanthimos. I actually g- kind of got it right. I think. Um, he is the director of some movies such as The Favorite and The Killing of a Sacred Deer, two movies that I do really like, especially I like The Killing of a Sacred Deer. And The Lobster. And The Lobster. Have you seen that? No. Okay. All right. So, yeah, Killing of a Sacred Deer is quite good. Um, it's I, I found that, um, well, he's known for having, like, really wild movies. That's his weird thing. Weird stuff. Really weird, strange movies. This... This poor things felt a, a bit different because from his other films because the favorite is also a period piece. It's based on uh, Queen Anne and her political advisors. Like they have like a lesbian love affair and a, a kind of thing is like drama and craziness. It's like a dark comedy. Like a lot of his movies are dark comedies. They're usually disturbing. Again, it's a period piece in the sense that Queen Anne was a real person. The characters were real people. Like the, some, most of them, some of them were real people, but unlike poor things, they they do their the costumes are and like the set is relatively historically accurate. And then his other film, uh, the Killing of a Sacred Deer, takes place in modern times, and it's a lot. It's a lot more. Same with the favorite, like muted in color, and kind of gray. Well, the first half of oh yeah, it was poor things was in black and white. That's right. It actually. It actually, the first half of Poor Things reminded me a decent amount of Eraserhead. 
Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't even think of that, but that is a great observation. Because it's black and white. It takes place in like a steampunk mm-hmm. environment that maybe is sort of based off like a hundred-ish years ago, but is clearly also not a real place because it's like a little bit yeah, fantastical. Um, so yeah, it's about a freaking... Poor things. Poor things. It's about a... We, well, I don't think this is too much spoilers. It's about... A we, we might surgeon. spoil. We're going to spoil you know, some yeah. stuff. It's about a surgeon who finds a woman after she had committed suicide, but her she was pregnant with a baby, and the baby was still alive. So they took the brain out of the baby and put it into the grown woman's body and brought the woman back to life. And as the baby's as with the baby, baby with the baby's, baby's brain. brain. So it's a baby's brain in a grown woman's body, and from there. It's kind of like like Sophie. You said it's like a, kind of like a Frankenstein story. I think yeah, that's a good it's a way of putting it. Yeah, it's a Frankenstein story. It's a very like twisted, surrealist, yeah. coming of age story. Lots of gore because of the surgeries uh, yeah. and stuff. Um, it takes place in like an alternate like universe of the like Victorian era, the eighteen nineties. Um, but again, like the costumes and the set design is like very surreal and fantastical and not completely historically accurate. Mind you, I do not really care if it's going to be a surrealist film and it's like technically a period piece. I do not care if you are not historically accurate. So like that didn't bother me. I mean, the fashion was kind of his, like the big sleeves and stuff like that is accurate. It was like a fun reimagining. It was like a fairy tale. It was steampunk. It was, it was quite steampunk. Yeah, so... I my favorite like something I really enjoyed about it was the set design and the costumes. Yes. There it gets it, it gets very it gets horny. Weird. It gets horny and weird very quickly, much very too quickly. much too quickly for my taste. Yeah. I I think so well, I mean we so by the way, Sophie and I both enjoyed the movie. Yeah. You know, it's it a great movie. It was really fun to watch. It's a very entertaining I definitely would recommend you watch it. It's a very it's a it's a whole adventure story. The thing, though, is like if you go on Letterboxd, you're going to see the reviews are very polarizing because mm-hmm. it's an awesome movie. Lots of people giving it five stars. It's so weird and disturbing and fun, and it's supposed to be disturbing. But like a core part of the movie is that the character, Bella, who's the baby's brain inside of a grown woman, mm-hmm. is a lot of her, her character growth and her adventure is driven by sex and like sexual adventures and her yeah. running away and having a lot of sex and even becoming a sex worker and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's outrageous, you know, because you have a baby's brain having sex with grown men. And a baby's brain, also like a baby's understanding of the world and like vul- mm-hmm. vulnerability of a baby. Yeah. The, the lack of understanding of what's happening to you and like what's appropriate and what's you know Mm -hmm. so it's very disturbing because you're basically seeing like a very young child essentially be like very taken advantage of and it feels very uncomfortable and it's well the thing that's to be clear though is that the character bella is like really 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 horny so it's like a horny baby and clearly in the movie it's supposed to be it's supposed to be disturbing and it's supposed to be evocative and maybe even a a critique of men who are 
like into that idea yeah. of like an innocent like naive girl oh, yeah. and like taking advantage of her like really turns you on the the, on, me, you know? the men in the movie liked her more yeah when she was like a baby brain than when she got more mature throughout the movie right because they because they they loved the idea of a beautiful woman with a baby brain that they could just have a lot of sex yeah with. that's the ideal for like a lot of men so so it's interesting because a lot of people are saying through that perspective it is a very feminist movie Right, but but there's also a lot of other people who are saying, why you know why is why is it depicting, you know, her being essentially taken advantage of as something that's like an enlightening experience that's liberating, you yeah. know what I mean? And also, like you said this earlier, she really doesn't display a lot of fear or disgust, or, or you kind of said the movie was sort of sending the message that women inherently want to be taken advantage of and because like sex is a pleasurable thing but the fear of it or the personal boundaries are a learned thing and not natural which you know what i mean yeah which suggests like women inherently are craving sex yeah sure women crave sex but they they want sex all the time even if they say they don't want sex i feel like the it's the movie treads a very fine line between like it's supposed to be disturbing it's supposed to be shocking and it's supposed to also send a message that like also like that certainly has truth to it that like women are repressed sexually or whatever but i feel like it, it just goes a little bit into the territory where it's sending like an implicit message yeah. That like actually the only reason women aren't women aren't going around and having a ton of sex with strangers is because of social pressures without acknowledging actually no you know there's actual like genuine like fear and anxiety of like being taken advantage of and to depict an extremely naive baby as someone who's like super excited to have sex with every stranger that doesn't that it's a little and weird. And her whole journey is like viewed through the lens of like her sexuality yeah, yeah um i guess her relationship to sex changes as she grows more intelligent and mature yeah but it's still <sighs> people saying that this film is a, is feminist i understand why they say this because as i was watching it i was definitely picking up on uh feminist ideas of like like we mentioned earlier about how men are interested in like baby brained women basically um as like sex objects that is true for sadly i think a decent portion of men Mm -hmm. to some extent um but uh again like this film was written and directed by men yeah and when that's the case i struggle to like latch on to the idea that this was like an explicitly feminist film Mm -hmm. you might be able to I think they I think there were elements of that where that that was intentional like they were intentionally trying to comment on that or like include elements of feminism um throughout the film but I don't know when no women were involved in the writing and directing mm-hmm. and I'm not and this isn't about a representation thing it's just like the people who are writing and creating the movie are men so who's just like could can they really make a feminist film is what i'm trying to say yeah i mean if you kind of take a step back 20 feet like this movie could have been an amazing excellent movie yeah with zero sex in it whatsoever so why choose to write a movie where the primary vector of growth and and the, the thing that drives the plot is right. sex in the first place you know it's what like i mean that quote that's like i can't remember it exactly and who said it but 
Abraham Lincoln. Yes. Abraham Lincoln once said that, you know, men make fun of women for looking at themselves in the mirror and for being vain. But that man is also the artist who paints the woman naked and like enjoys looking at her as he paints her. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like the when when you see like the the creator um of the film i know this quote doesn't exactly connect but when you you see the creators of this film make a movie that has some feminist undertones but also shows her having a lot of it like very explicit sex scenes by the way they're not just sex scenes they're very they're like, long pornographic, and pornographic yeah sex scenes in yeah. Like, various positions you see like emma stone's like front completely naked. yeah and, and men too you see yeah. it all, a you lot see, of stuff pe- more penises yes, in the movie it's true and you see stuff in the brothels like mm. so you see a lot of like really kinky yeah. horny stuff you see like basically a, almost everything you can see with sex I mean, not everything, but you know what I mean. It's like a I lot saw of shit. everything. You saw everything. Um, is it's all it's all in there? And mm-hmm. sure, there are some feminist undertones. Maybe they're critiquing critiquing the ethics or morals of said sex. Mm-hmm. But they're also the ones showing it a lot. Yeah, and it's like you and it, taking it, it, voyeuristic pleasure it, 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 in writing these scenes. You it know? feels so horny. Want to watch the scene. It feels horny. It's like how could you simultaneously write a scene? That feels like it's supposed mm-hmm. to honestly depict exploitative sex, but then also kind of make it like horny as well. It's yeah, like a little it's bit like, weird. I'm critiquing it, but I'm also like putting it in because I think it's I'm enjoying it. I can't help but like, that's kind of how it feels. When and you're I'm a fan it. of the director, by the way. I just yeah. I can't I can't help but wonder if if that was a part of this decision. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think like the 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 conversation. That's about- a lot of stories, by the way. Yeah. True stories written by men that women resonate with because there are like, mario movie <laughs> i Sorry. haven't seen it but sure. <laughs> yeah. um if that's if that's what helps you understand minecraft movie coming soon with jack black Jack Black. that's gonna be the feminist movie of the century true but like yeah so anyway like there are a lot of stories in art that like women resonate with um even when they are created by men because you you know if you feel that they depict elements of the female experience really well but then what usually happens is, and it usually has to do with sex, that there's like some something that's just like, oh, I really like this, but this part really makes me uncomfortable. And I feel like this is anti-woman, you know? Mm. But like you you relate to the story in some ways, but then it's like ruined by like some scenes that are really mm. overly sexualized and feel exploitative and like horny in a bad way. Well, I mean, from my, just from reading Twitter, I know that sex work and like w- how feminists should talk about and think about sex work is like one of the most controversial and debated yeah. topics in feminism. And the fact yeah. that it's like a bunch of men who are kind of yeah. like jumping right into it and saying sex works empowering. Sex work is empowering. It's like that Whoa. coming from men is like a little bit. You got to be a little critical of that. Yeah. In my personal opinion, I think that sex work is portrayed as something that is easy and kind of a glamour like start only fans they'll make money in two seconds and you know you can pay for your mother's house and stuff like that like it's it's portrayed as a very glamorous get rich quick scheme um when in reality it is a super for many women a very dehumanizing challenging career in which you're ostracized from your family and friends you are judged by you're simultaneously um 
someone who people find sexually desirable you're like an object of someone's fantasy but at the same time those men judge you for being a whore you know like men will like look at naked videos of you but they'll at the same time like they'll judge you as a whore you know it's it's both things at the same time um diseases uh abuse go on like sex work and like pornography is not an easy career it's a very challenging career and there are a lot of negative consequences this is not to um this is not a critique of women who go into the industry so nothing there's nothing wrong with the women who decide to go into this but i think the industry itself and a lot of men who who buy into it um i, th I think it's a predatory a largely like predatory system and um needs some serious reform and this i'm not anti-sex work i'm just anti like industry if that makes sense well when i that's go my personal opinion. when i go to the brothel i am a gentleman and oh, a half no, 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 no. i am the gentleman of the gentleman i whenever i go to a brothel i always say here's a thousand dollars for every lady in the office they can have it, and I am doing absolutely nothing. And also, I'm going to tell all the fellow men in the city to do the same thing. Woo! And that's basically what Poor Things is. And then, also, uh, yeah, and then at the end, Poor Things, uh, she becomes a socialist. The end. Yeah, and and I thought like, okay, that's just very like, okay. Poor, <laughs> poor Things has gone woke. But anyway, um, one part of it that I actually did quite like was the scene. There's there's a part of the of the film where. Bella becomes acquainted with her mother's past because she is living in her mother's body, but she has her own independent brain. Um, so she gets to know like um, who her mother was because she doesn't know this because first of all, she didn't even know like how she came to be. And then once she finds out, um, she like encounters her mother's um, husband who, um, is technically like because of her the body she's in her her husband anyway she goes to like be with him for a bit and she see, realizes how awful he is and abusive he is and um it's kind of like i don't know maybe as women you 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 recognize that your mom goes through a lot and you you know your mother as your mom you know you, do, you don't really know much you hear you hear stories but you never really truly know who was my mom before i came to be you know what i mean and like in her own like when she was a person before she like fulfilled the the the, the singular role as like a mother you know what i mean or a wife her as like a more independent person i guess um well this is definitely a part of the movie too where it gets a little bit trippy because it's like she is both her mother yeah. and herself because yeah. it's like she's sort of going back to the life she already had but it wasn't her life it was her mom's i can relate to that learning like as i get older as i be begin to like resemble my mom more in age and appearance and i get to understand like and also just getting older like becoming more mature and like learning things about my mom's life i begin to understand her more and like the things she went through and I thought that was, like, a very interesting idea. That's just how I, hmm. like, related to that scene, I guess, or that, that part of the film. Yeah. Being like, you don't, you're not, you don't, no one asks to be born, you know? You're just, and that's kind of what happened with Bella. Like, Bella, without her mother's consent, without her consent, um, sh she came to be, you know? Mm. And um, 
I mean, we all have to live with that. Yeah, that's so actually interesting because they do they do portray them bringing Bella into existence as an ethical dilemma because it lacked consent. But like, it's so true. Every person's brought into existence without consent. So yeah, I don't know. And you also like, and you do in a lot of ways inherit your parents' physique and and mentality and stuff like that. You know, if you read it like that. You know, you are in many ways like becoming your parents. Yeah. So I would say with this movie, even though Sophie and I had a lot of weird, icky, strange feelings about it, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of weird things to critique, ultimately, it was a very entertaining movie and also very thought provoking. So that all together makes it like a movie we overall give a thumbs up. And like I there are a lot of really funny moments, too. It's funny. And like I I really I really enjoyed watching it. It's a really fun watch. And I I loved seeing her do all her shenanigans and like get more mature and like learn things. I I had a really fun time with it. I just it's like one of those movies. I think I talked to about the handmaiden like this where I like love the I like and I love most of the movie but the sex scenes feel really like horny and exploitative and like like it's supposed to be a little bit pornographic male male gazy i hate to use that term but like male gazy it's a term for a reason yeah and and male and the male gaze is like more accurate like it's the the term was used to describe film specifically Today I how learned. do you even how do you even respond? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so that that term was was created in reference to film specifically. And now it's used in like real life, so it doesn't really make sense. People using yeah. it wrong all the time, but it's made to describe film. So me using the term male gaze actually applies here. They feel male gazey there. They they feel like they are there to sexually excite the male viewers or even the creators of the film itself. Well, yeah, and I have, and also, but there's a movie I love. Muscle movies I really like. Yeah, they're yeah. Handmaiden's great. This movie's great. And I would say we recommend you watch it. And I would say even if you don't feel like watching it, but you should go on the Poor Things Letterboxed and read the reviews because you're going to see half star reviews and five star reviews, and it's so it's so entertaining because you're going to see paragraphs and people with half star reviews saying it's like the most misogynist garbage you've ever seen and five star reviews saying it's like the most beautiful feminist masterpiece ever i always i always find it fun when i watch people on the internet lose their minds you're about to see some of the worst takes of all time on letterbox yes i mean as usual letterbox like reviews are usually unlike the they're useful sometimes sometimes they're insane the 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 nuanced base news network take which gives it a, a thumbs up yeah, I would say overall certified fresh. Overall certified fresh, like with a little bit of, a little bit of like I would say we like like seventy five percent of of it. Yeah, and we would be down to watch it again. I I kind of do want to watch it again, but just because I enjoyed watching it and I I want to think about it more critically. But it is a long film, but it is a very like visually stunning, fun movie to watch. So I recommend. The movie, I recommend it. All right. Well, <laughs> I think that is the episode. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening or watching uh, this podcast episode. Make sure to check out our Patreon um, for future Patreon content. And yeah, anything else, Kyle? Nope. All right. This has been Base Base News News Network. Network. Bye. Bye.